This is IA Forward, your playbook for success as an independent insurance agent. Here to help you knock it out of the ballpark are your hosts, Shane Tatum and Tanya Lead. Welcome to IA Forward and welcome to day 22,682 of the hardest market the insurance industry has ever seen. Does it really feel that long? It does. And I can promise you for our agents, it feels at least that long. You know, it's really only been about a year. It was coming. We talked about that back, I don't know, April, May of last year. You realize the goal is to not have people turn us off, right? Like we want them to keep listening and yeah. I know, but I I also like to bring people back to the center as they are walking off the cliff. I like to like pull them back to that center median, like it's going to be okay. I feel like that has to be put out there that it's really only been a little over a year now. And just the fact that it feels like day 22,000 plus also amplifies just how hard of a market it has become and that is still going. And everybody's exhausted. We're constantly looking for relief and we're looking for things. And then we kind of have this fear thing going on that's creeped in that really needs to be addressed. I think most people have moved through exhaustion, through fear. And now they're in panic. As I look at different Facebook groups that are made up of independent agents, people are now to this point of what do I do when I have nothing to sell? And they're asking, what are the best side hustles? Where am I going to make this up? What am I going to do? And that is panic. That is cause for concern when somebody starts talking about side hustles because the insurance industry and the insurance business is perpetually very good. So maybe it's from a an element or an area where they have to sell, sell, sell every year to make their living. But independent agencies at the core should be in a better place because residual income, the opportunity to have built a book, unless you just started three months ago. And that's what I'm thinking is, you know, specifically to agents that have been in this business one to three years, I can see where that natural inclination to try to figure out how to subsidize your income is imperative. If we're going to go there and we're going to talk about the newer ones, the book's not established yet and you're building your book and I'm still bullish on this. I'm still saying it's a good time to start an agency because everybody's in the same place. New business moratoriums are being put out into the marketplace. And if you're in California right now listening, then you're feeling it really, really bad. I think there's going to be a cycle runs through California that's going to be somewhat panicky. But the rest of the country, you still have some things to sell. You know, it's starting to come back in Louisiana. So some of the harder states that have been hit with this. Florida, they're getting some reform in place. And then in Texas, the moratoriums have started. So we're kind of behind the timeline of the Louisiana and that Louisiana is coming back. We're now going into the place that Louisiana was in six months ago. I'm seeing a lot of moratoriums on the East Coast as well. Yeah, we've got a countrywide problem and we've got product problems and we've talked about that. But even when we get down to it, our carrier portfolio, there are still carriers taking new business. Now, I think what happens to us as agents is we have this thing of, if you go look at your book of business, I found one of the most interesting and intriguing things is that anywhere from 85 to 92% of an independent agent's 
personal lines book of business is among eight to 10 carriers. It's very rare. The really, really inefficient agents are spreading their business greater than that. They're really fragmented with their book of business beyond really management of that book of business. And that's where you see a lot of inefficiency come in. But when you have that eight to 10 for 90% of your business, that goes down to about 50% of your business with three carriers. And those are your favorite carriers. Those are your ease of doing business carriers. Those are the carriers that your staff love to do business with. And then those guys go on moratorium because they're struggling. And then you hit the panic button and you forget that you have these other carriers that you have this relationship with. And thank goodness we can look through that lens and go, oh, we're an independent agency, not an exclusive agency. And our single carrier didn't shut down new business. I think if you do feel like you need a quote unquote side hustle right now, what are your thoughts, Shane, about staying within the industry instead of trying to look outside and do Pampered Chef or get a part-time job at the hardware store? What are your thoughts about expanding to life insurance or health insurance and staying within our industry, but continuing to build your book just in a different way? You definitely have to stay in the industry. I don't think that if you're an agency owner, even if you're a, a solopreneur right now, I don't think you need to start looking outside the industry. There are plenty of products and you have a customer base or you have a prospect base. I love life insurance from this perspective. Number one, it's going to bring revenue quickly. So that's the thing about life insurance is they pay that commission up front. Having that ability to get into life insurance, adding life insurance is a good thing. I love educating yourself and investing in yourself and adding commercial. I don't want you to dabble on commercial, but I want you to really look into adding that commercial expertise and being able to be good at small business. I'm not talking about large accounts. I'm not talking about middle market stuff. I'm talking about small business stuff that probably a lot of your personal insurance customers own, have businesses. I want you to think about that avenue because unless it's a super, super property heavy type of business like big property owners, habitational risk, apartment complexes, hotels, those are complicated things that are also in a hardened market. You need to move into things that have BOPs in place that are classes of business that are easier to understand that don't have the complicated nature to it. I love both of those aspects instead of some out of industry side hustle completely. So Shane, did you just encourage people to dabble? I don't want you to dabble. I want you to make an investment in yourself. And again, I don't want you to do this because you're just plugging a small leak in the boat. I want you to think, okay, if you are truly at that spot in your state, in your marketplace, in your agency life cycle, and you do not have any personal lines carriers to offer your customers, then I want you to think about life insurance or it becoming more of a commercial expert and getting into the business insurance aspect. Another way of creating that business, if you don't feel as though you're commercially qualified or you're just starting to dip your toe in the water, I know Liberty Mutual Sidewalk Program. I know that several of our major carriers have commercial partnerships 
where you were able to actually send those potential clients directly to the carrier, they pick up the risk, they take care of the sale, making sure that they're still using your agency's name, you keep them as a client, the commission is slightly less. But I think something like Sidewalk and what our other carriers are offering as far as commercial, turning that over to them, letting the experts handle it, and you come out looking like the expert is a good option here. Depending on what agency network you may or may not be a part of, if you're looking at one, there are some agency networks out there that offer what I would call more of a brokerage environment where they'll help you place the account. Some don't do this, some do. That's something you can do. I'm not against that, but again, if you're a personal lines agent and you have nothing to sell, if that's the panic mode you've hit, then you have time <laughs> to become an expert in something else. And so you're not technically dabbling by my definition, even though I despise dabbling because it'll get you in trouble. You have time to become an expert. And uh, while you're becoming an expert, you can offer your clients life insurance and you can sell a handful of life insurance policies to pay the light bill. As you're becoming an expert, there is a path to success here. We started out this discussion talking about new agents. Let's talk about agencies that are established and how to keep the hope going with commissioned employees that are struggling through this. For the record, I don't love straight commissioned sales environments. I know that somebody just listening to that out there is going to go, oh my gosh, all of my people are commission only. I think that commission only is when the book of business is fully established and they're in this sort of managing the book plus new sales standpoint. And those are the folks that you don't necessarily need to be as concerned with because their book is established, their income is established because they've moved to this fully commissioned environment. I like having something to eat on plus commission early on. And I think those individuals are more of the risk here. If you start somebody out and they're just straight commission right off the bat, and then this cycle happens, then you're probably going to lose them. That's problematic for our industry and for our agencies if that's what we're doing, because you don't want to invest in putting this person in place and them becoming successful only to have a market downturn and not be successful anymore, because you want to be at a place where you are supporting, at least on some level, their ability to pay some bills and eat. I like that approach. I take that approach. I put money where my mouth is. That's how we go about it. However, I understand I am not always the norm on that. And I understand that there are plenty of agencies out there that are signing up salespeople and throwing them against the wall and seeing if they stick. Well, I think that's kind of like selling on price. If that is your method as an agency owner is that you just bring on all these contracted salespeople and see who survives, then you are not really investing in them anyway. So what do you care? To me, this is one of those times that you could actually start to leverage the idea of a work from home more on that when it comes to creating better morale. I think there are some things that you can do with your talent, but I think that we should kind of maybe follow up a podcast in the future about that. But I think sometimes we see money as being the biggest challenge. And when it comes to culture and keeping people happy or or keeping people content, there are other things 
things that we can look at that help to create money in our team members' pockets without it costing more out of ours. As you go through this, what you're probably experiencing, hopefully you're experiencing as an agency owner, is you're experiencing the rate increases in the increased revenue in your agency. So I hope if you structured your financials correctly that you have this margin increase potentially to help those people along or maybe give them some additional responsibilities of retention of customers and helping with the retention of customers so that you can then afford to keep them on in some way or capacity to get through this struggle. That then creates this culture of you're not just a number, you're not just a revenue generator, you're part of our organization. There's opportunities for us to go through this together with our people and our staff and say, look, we got your back. Now is not the time to panic. Now is the time to bulldoze your way through, pick your people up, bring them with you and do everything you can to stay in the game. One way to stay in this game, I think is to change what we're doing when it comes to remarketing. I know that there are two words in the industry that you hate and the first is quoting. And then number two, which is very close, is the idea of the constant remarket. I totally despise it because I think we take this idea of independent agent and choice and we sabotage it. Yes, it's there. Yes, it's a tool, but it should be the tool for the last resort scenario. And first and foremost, we have to understand that our carriers need rate in order to reach back into the profitability area. And they need their good customers to stay on the books. And if you are constantly as an agency remarketing those good customers into the companies that are still open that are wanting new customers still and you move the good customers from company A to company B and you leave the customers that you can't move in company A, you just completely sabotaged company A. Even though you're thinking in your mind, I kept my customer. Oh, my agency retention is so important and it's high. What you have to remember is that you have carrier partners that are really important that you need to stay with you. As independent agency owners, as a group, industry-wide, we do not need less independent agent companies. Consolidation of those companies over the last decade has left us with less companies, not more companies. We don't need to sabotage or create pain points for the ones that we do have. So we need to find that balance between retaining our customers and helping educate our customers with maybe staying where they are, why this is not a good idea to move for $100 a year, why it's not a good idea to even present that to them and help them through understanding this process so that they can stay in company A and so that company B's customers can stay in company B and so forth, then you're not doing as much work as an agency and your people aren't constantly taking business that you've already written and rewriting the entire policy over here to another company. And you did all that work for no more additional revenue. So that's the perspective that I want you to kind of understand for a second. And then 
there's this new little gift <laughs> that the industry is giving us, and that is you are deciding that you have no choice. You've just got to remarket everybody whose rate goes up 15%, and you constantly are in this remarketing game, and you move from company A to company B, and company A would have renewed it for a 23% increase, but you moved it to company B to save a little bit of money, but now company B is doing an inspection and has decided, you know what? We don't think we want this risk because there was a bicycle laying in the yard. Now you can't go back to company A. Not only do we have an agency group, we have a local agency that is celebrating its 40th anniversary. So y'all have done everything wrong and everything right and everything wrong and everything right over the last four decades, right? So tell our listeners what adjustments that we have made to take some of the craziness and stress off our team members. It's kind of a bunch of different moving parts and Tara Graham, our retail director has done an incredible job of just leading our organization through this. We watch numbers and we listen to our account managers. And the way we are structured is that we have a group of account managers that handle books of business on a dedicated basis. And they're the ones on the front line with the customer calls for remarkets or calls if the price is going up. And we listen to them and we hear their exhaustion. We hear the things that customers have said to them. And we've run off a few customers because of things that those customers customers said to them because we don't need that in our lives. And that customer is not a great customer anyway. One of the things that has happened is monitoring the rate increase average. So what is our average increase happening across multiple books of business, not just within a single carrier, but across all carriers and finding that threshold that says, this is where we need to be proactively. These are the rate increases that we need to be proactive about. And anything below that number we're going to be reactive to. One of the recent things we did, which sounds crazy until you understand the market that we're in and understand the local geography that we're in. Uh, One of the things we recently did is we bumped up our number to 30%. So you had to be over a 30% increase for us to proactively review the renewal in terms of, are we okay? Do we need to suggest something? Do we need to think about a remarket? Is it something that's just so far gone? that we need to look at the carrier and we need to do something different there. That's a really small percentage and that's the whole point. We want to get things into the exception and we want to we want the rule to be what happens on a regular basis. Everyone below that threshold that we are talking with, we are talking them through the marketplace scenario. We are having conversations and we are calmly explaining, look, you went up 12%. As you would say, Tanya, you still have insurance pay the bill, right? <laughs> um, there is some of that going on. Like hey, you, your price only went up 12%, pay the bill and go get some ice cream. There are some of those conversations going on. And then there's proactive automated messaging going out across the board to try to get ahead. That's the other piece that we've amplified even more. We had good automation in there for the higher risk accounts that were over our threshold. We've added more automation for those under the threshold to try to head off those phone calls. Because here's the deal. We raise the threshold. Well, then we just increase the number of people that are going to call us. So you can't just raise the threshold. You've got to raise the threshold and increase some automation and messaging so that you 
get in front of those phone calls and those emails that says, hey, we've done XYZ. We've reviewed XYZ. This is where you need to stay. This is what you need to do. We want to walk you through this. Good messaging, good PR around that. One of the things that those emails don't do is they don't mention the words hard market. I've seen messaging coming from agents going out to their clients that use the term hard market as an explanation for their uh, rate increase. Consumers don't know what that means. I didn't know what that meant a year ago and poor Shane had to like go in pretty in depth to even make me understand this idea of a hard market to soft market. And I've been around this industry for six years now. So don't use phrasing like that. Don't send out excuses. People don't care. All they care about is what's coming out of their bank account. So please make sure that you're making it about them. This is how we've served you. Go with a very Chick-fil-A model when you're sending those emails out. Remember our plain language movement. Make sure that you're speaking layman's terms to them. Insurance is confusing. We don't need to make it more confusing. Wait a minute. It's so simple a caveman can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen that commercial in a long time. Consumers are seeing through that in a market like this. And I think you can leverage as an independent agency, just so many things that make you more valuable. And that's where we're spending our energy with our people. And we're thinking about this on a different level and thinking about what that messaging looks like and something that they're going to read, keeping it short and be able to kind of get that initial reaction feeling of my insurance is going up, but what does that mean for me? And there's so many things in their, in, in your customer's lives where they're experiencing an increase that it's not just insurance. Not that we're going to say that, but at the same time, understand that your customer already is getting that. They're going to understand that for the most part, I think. I had an interesting combination of events happen yesterday. I saw a, f- a friend of mine on the Book of Faces that had written this as her status. And she said, all I'm saying is y'all better be calling y'all's insurance agents. Come July 1st, insurance is going way up, all capitals, for most companies. I'm thankful that State Farm is not being impacted like others are. Stay informed, people. Five exclamation points. And if you don't like your new bill, give me a call to help you out. And then she put her phone number. So be that as it may, I saw that yesterday. And then I got my renewal notice in and my my renewal notice went up 32.7%. So I really kind of had a consumer reaction. And my first thought was I need to call my agent. My first thought was not to call this particular person, but to call my agent and say, okay, hey, look, this is a lot of money. This is 32.7%. What can we do? And then the insurance knowledge kicked in and I'm like, well, I still have insurance. And do I really want to go through the process of getting a remarket? Do I really want to go through a new inspection process? I think I'm just going to stay where I am because I didn't want to go through all of the stuff knowing that I probably wasn't really going to get anything better than what I already have. But that being said, my consumer brain first and foremost went to what can I do to save money? And I thought it was so interesting that I saw this from a State Farm agent on that same day and that's how she was taking the approach. And I think it's interesting that a State Farm agent would say that in general when the company's been in such a headline splash with moratoriums in different places. And the reality of it is, is that they've lost 
a gazillion dollars over the last year or two. And yes, they have the surplus and no, they can't stay there forever. So even if they haven't made movement in a specific county parish, wherever you're at, it's coming. If it hasn't happened in that particular geographic area yet, it's coming because they're not going to continue to bleed. They can't. They can do it for a little while. They can do it longer than most, but they can't continue to expand their exposure and not have appropriate rate for their risk. And it just won't work. What was interesting about this Facebook post were the comments to me. And somebody said, mine went up almost $50 a month. I definitely need to get you to requote it. This one says, mine went up $30 a month, but we don't renew till October. Can you go ahead and help me now? Mine went up $137 for the next six months. And it amazes me from being inside the industry, people being that upset over $30 a month, knowing what's happening in the rest of the world. And that's where the shock is going to come from. When they actually go through the process of getting that quote and seeing the real price, I can save people a bunch of money right now. I can cut out coverage left and right. I can increase deductibles. I can gla- I'm sure I have several carriers that would gladly, gladly accept me writing nothing but actual cash value on the roof, slimming down all the policy down to where when a claim happens, the customer's probably going to be mad and I might end up in an E&O claim. That is possible. I can do that right now. I can go out and, and write a whole bunch of business and you may see that. You may see that happening in the marketplace at some point if you don't already have it happening. That is the only game that the exclusive channel can play here. The only game they can play is reduction of coverage and increase of, which is actually increasing deductible is a reduction of coverage, but that is it. That's all they got. I think we've got to kind of be in that game a little bit with them within our own carriers. Talk about, you may need to think about a deductible change here. If we did this, it would bring your premium to this point. And would that be good for you? Or is that a problem for you? Talking through that with your customer, I think it's good risk management. I think that's good education for the future scenario because that future profitability may depend on that customer moving off of that $500 flat deductible and moving into a percentage deductible. That just needs to happen. Understanding where that's coming from and the perspective of those comments are going to be coming from, it just tells us how much of a need for education there really is. I'm going to leave us today with this quote from Franklin Roosevelt. When you get to the end of your rope, tie a knot in it and hang on. Attitude to choice. Make a great one. Bye, y'all. Ready to get the ball rolling with your independent agency? Learn more at IntegraAgent.com. That's IntegraAgent.com. Thank you for joining us on IA Forward. Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now or learn more at IAForward.com.